I got one thing to say. This is when the big dogs come out. Okay? Can't roll with the big dogs. Stay on the board. Let's rock this place. Let's have some fun. In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance tonight. Diagnosis, prognosis, osmosis. Say what? It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. The doctor is now in. Hour number two, talking more NFL draft, also Vegas Golden Knights, previewing that game against the Colorado Avalanche coming up uh, tonight. I don't know, my my shoulders bothered me a little bit. You know what I need? I need that RVD CBD cream. Got to go ahead and get that. There it is. RVD, he'll be in the house uh, tomorrow. So remember, get on board with the RVD CBD train Go to the website there, rvdcbd.com. 21% off anything on the menu there if you use the promo code TCRVD. 21% off anything for all of your CBD needs, whether it's the smokables, the tinctures, the creams, the gummies, edibles. It's all there for you. Check it all out if you haven't checked it out yet. And, yes, we've had people testify to uh, how good the CBD product is that RVD has put together there. And, uh, yes, it's cured my aches and pains and need to go to it again. After you use that cream, does your arm feel good enough to get back on the mound? Throw a couple? I could uh, maybe, At least a little batting practice? Man, not ma- batting practice. Uh, our, our guy Craig Taylor, who is a high school coach, he used it, and he said he's it's been doing him wonders for a batting practice. Maybe I mean, you can pitch home run derby in the Pioneer League. I, I was just going <laughs> to settle for maybe throwing out the first pitch at the Aviators game. I could maybe do that. Okay. Yes, good. They'll be starting up here soon. I know. There you go. I believe like yeah. May 6th. Yes. Notice I knew what month I was saying yeah, yeah. this time. May 6th. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's uh, go to Cleveland. We talk a little NFL draft. We go from Steve Berline breaking down the quarterbacks and everything to our man Sam Gordon, the man about Cleveland there, covering it for the Las Vegas Review Journal, and he's covering it for us too. We'll, we'll, we'll say that. Uh, Sam, what's going on, my man? TC, how you doing, man? I, I, I overheard that you're coming out of retirement to throw a bullpen session. Uh, I hope I can get in the box and uh, well, take a couple cuts. Is that in the cards? That, that, that's in the cards, but remember, you didn't fare too well on, on the hardwood on the basketball court in the horse competition. You sure you want some of this? Hey, I, I, I'm, I'm coming. I'm always down to come back for more, TC. <laughs> I, I want all the smoke, win or lose. You feel me? I love it, man. Well, right. Why do I see pickleball at the Cosmopolitan in the future here? There it is. I think we, <laughs> we could do pickleball. I've never played pickleball, Sam. How about you? I mean, it's this growing phenomenon. I haven't either, so I guess that makes it a level playing field. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> hey, I want to know, uh, when was the last time you were in Cleveland? Before ah. this. True story, TC. Last time I was in Cleveland before this, just a little little background. My dad uh, was born and raised here in Cleveland, Ohio. He spent the first 21 years of his life here. And actually, before I moved out to Vegas, so I knew I was coming back back here, uh, back to Vegas uh, in the summer of 2017. And it's kind of the last hurrah um, that me and my dad had together. uh, You know, while we while I was still living in Minneapolis in the Twin Cities, he um, he's a big Cavs fan, and we drove out to Cleveland for Game Three of the 2017 NBA Finals. Golden State Warriors, Cleveland Cavaliers. You may remember that, that that's the game that Kevin Durant uh, pulled up in transition, yes. hit the game, the, the 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 dagger three over LeBron. I can tell you, we 
where everybody in the building knew that shot was going in. I had no doubts about it. Kyle Korver had just missed an open corner three uh, on the previous trip down the floor for the Cavs. I uh, I still think about that open three every once in a while. Uh, not too much lately now that, now that we're four years removed. But every once in a while, I still think about that. But, no, that was the last time I was here. Uh, as It's a heck of a sports city. There's a very, very vibrant atmosphere here. They love their sports, the Browns, uh, uh, the, the Tribe. Uh, the the Cavaliers as well, and uh, it's there's definitely I mean the, the energy hasn't it's not there yet right because the draft doesn't still start till tomorrow but it's building it's building and it feels good to be back here uh, definitely feel you know even though I'm not from here definitely feel a personal connection to the city knowing that my family history is here. That's an excellent story, my friend. Here's what I want to know though: when you were at that game, I want to know what you were wearing. I'm guessing a Mark Price jersey. Is that what you were wearing? <laughs> <laughs> not quite, not quite. Uh, they, I can't remember what I showed up in, but they had shirts for all the fans in attendance. You know, you know how they do it in the NBA yeah, playoff games. Yeah. The, the teams give away shirts, so the whole crowd had the same shirt on. The whole crowd stood. We, I mean, we stood pretty much the entire game. It was such an intense affair, and, and really cool to see uh, so many all-time great players, and, and everybody showed out. Kyrie, uh, LeBron, uh, KD, Clay, Steph. They were all fantastic. It was an excellent game, and uh, and I still have that shirt. By the way, I brought that shirt. With me to Vegas, so kind of a cool souvenir for my trip to the NBA Finals. Great moment to savor. There you go. All right, you mentioned the Cleveland sports scene there. We've been talking about the Indians. You're the investigative reporter, Sam uh, Gordon. Uh, what are the Indians going to go with? Uh, their new name. Uh, we're hearing it could be the Rockers. You got some breaking news for us? Unfortunately, I do not. I, I, I do not uh, in this case but I think the Cleveland Rockers make sense right and when when you think about Cleveland you think about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is right by believe it or not the the NFL draft where the draft is well, going to that be. was so, my next so, question if you got to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yet I mean I'm hoping so not yet not yet but there is a media event at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Friday morning that I'm hoping I can go check out uh, but it's it's all right it's all right there it's really really cool the way they have everything set up and, and I can't I can't wait for this weekend. I'm really, really curious to see what it's going to be like. And, and you know, the first event, right, the first real NFL event with, with big-time attendance. So uh, it's, it really feels just being out here and being a part of the scene so far just in a couple of days. There's been a couple, a couple showcases for media. And, again, everything's going to be, you know, available for, for fans in the next few days. But it feels like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I know the NFL wants to be a part of that light at the end of the tunnel. And, and that's kind of what this draft in so many ways represents is that we're getting – we're not there yet. we got a long way to go. But there is – a means to getting back to a sense of normalcy uh, after an arduous 14, 15 months of the coronavirus pandemic. So uh, that optimism is permeating through the air uh, here in Cleveland, and it's a cool thing to be a part of. When it um, comes to covering the draft there, I mean, what is the excitement level in that here? Because we know that Vegas was supposed to have it, and, of course, it couldn't happen because of COVID and that. So I guess if uh, the draft can't come to you, you've gone to the draft. So <laughs> that's kind of cool. But um, what is the excitement level there of, of the NFL coming there for a big event like this in a town that obviously is crazy about their football? Yeah, yeah, good question. It's, I mean, super excited, right? And I think part of that, like you said, the Browns are good. So, it, it, like, having an NFL event, having the city being showcased while, during the first, you know, the first time the team has been good and, you know, 30-plus years, I think is pretty cool for the locals. But the, but the NFL is just as excited. And they are expecting, um, the NFL is expecting upwards of 50,000 fans to take part in the draft festivities Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, we had a chance to check out the, the fan experience, what, what, the, what the NFL terms is the NFL draft experience today and that doesn't open up till noon tomorrow but it's really cool how they're making use of of the stadium and really showcasing the city i mean fans who show up 
are going to have an opportunity. And you have to pre-register for all this stuff in advance. Everything's free, but because of protocols and because of safety and whatnot, you have to you have to kind of go go out of your way and make reservations at book times. But but when doing so, uh, fans are going to have access to First Energy Stadium where the Browns play. You can go on the field. You can throw uh, throw passes. They have net setups. You can test out your arm strength and your accuracy. You can be able to kick some field goals uh, at the goalposts uh, at. Uh, at First Energy Stadium, and there's there's set uh, stations and areas where where kids are going to be able to do do some drills under the tutelage of NFL personnel. So that's going to be pretty cool, pretty cool thing to see. And then outside, um, uh, fans are going to have the opportunity to run the 40 yard dash, and a- alongside uh, that that grassy knoll where they're going to be able to run is going to be a digitized um, versions of Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley running the 40 yard dash with them. So you're going to see how fast you. You compare to those players when they ran their 40, 40s at the NFL Combine. But um, a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, uh, definitely cool opportunity to showcase Cleveland. And, and again, the league um, is really, really excited about having the opportunity to be kind of the, you know, the uh, the on the cutting edge of, of incorporating fans and bringing full capacity back. And there's going to be certain areas for fans that are fully vaccinated where they're going to have better, you know, a little bit more intimate access where they can be in that draft theater, where they can be up close to the draft theater and see the prospects that, that they root for and that they're going to root for the next 10 to 15 years. Go shake Roger Goodell's hand. So um, it's the city's ready to pop, right? And we're not there yet, again, because it's kind of the calm before the storm. But there's, there's draft signs all over the city driving around. Uh, there's signs on the freeway, anywhere you can imagine. Like the, the, the city knows, the town knows, and something big is going to happen. And, um, and uh, of course, you know, just from a football standpoint, this is, I mean, that aside, and it's, it's huge, right? This is one of the most hyped drafts that I can remember. We're talking about uh, arguably the best quarterback prospect, the most hyped quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. So in like the last decade, there's all these questions about what the Niners are going to do at number three. What are the Raiders going to do at 17? So a lot of a lot of interesting storylines are, are going to play out in Cleveland. But but I think first and foremost, from just a human perspective, right? Take football out of it. Uh, it's a celebration of, of football, a celebration of sports, and a celebration of a city that I know the city is eager to host and be a part of. Yeah, and this is a big deal because we know the NFL. We can tell that the NFL wants to get back to some sense of normalcy because we're they're already talking about you know full stadiums in the fall, especially here at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, the draft is back on location, and the thing that really popped out to me, Sam, what you said there is fifty thousand people because we know that the NFL ha- has been they wanted to be at the forefront of like, okay, you know, we, we really need to kind of be the propeller to start bringing people back, getting us back to the sense of normalcy and they are going right at it. And I would imagine there's probably still some fans out there that are saying, well, maybe it is a little bit too soon, but if you're talking about that kind of, that amount of people, uh, you know, being around the city and, and hanging out, this sounds like it's almost uh, 100% back to the way it was two or three years ago. Yeah, it's certainly getting there, right? And again, there are certain um, protocols that fans who want to take part in these activities have to be a part of, and everything is spaced out. Um, you go inside, you go inside uh, First Energy Stadium, and you can watch. Fans are going to have the opportunity to watch the draft, take seats to sit down in the stadium and watch the draft on the jumbotron. But everything's going to be spaced. Um, there, there, there's everything. The whole kind of, I mean, it covers three or four, maybe five. It's, it's hard to quantify how how big of a geographical space it covers, but it's a really, really big space that it's covering. Uh, the the in terms of being actually up close to the prospects and being able to see the prospects, like I said before, um, fans had to be vaccinated and, and had to work in conjunction with Cleveland and the Browns uh, to get approved for that. So there are still prerequisites to, to being a part of this. But nonetheless, you're right, DC. Like, we're, we're getting close. We're getting close. You can definitely feel it. Um, the masks are still going to be required. But it's going to be 
all things considered, you know, given where we've been in the last year or so, I think it's going to be one of these events that you can that might kind of provide a blueprint, right, for how we can incorporate um, uh, fans and spectators and crowds and do it in a, in a, in a safe, prudent way. So um, we're, we're getting there, and it, it's only a matter of time. But but the NFL is excited about about being a part of this. Again, Cleveland's excited about being a part of this, and uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. I, I really can't wait to see how it plays out. Um, you know, curious to see what fans who are there think, and, I, and then of course, curious to see how the actual draft itself shakes out. So there's. Yeah, a lot going on out in Cleveland, and um, and like you said, or, or like you guys are talking about, the draft was supposed to be in Vegas last year, and that's kind of part of the reason I'm here now is to to kind of see what it might be like um, for for Vegas next year, and and part of you know why the NFL went on the road with the draft in 2015 was just to showcase its markets and to and to and to showcase. Uh, the different intricacies and idiosyncrasies of each city, and that's what they're doing. And like you said, um, we're getting back to full capacity. So uh, 50,000 fans, you know, throughout the course of the day, I mean, not not necessarily all at the same time, but they're expecting that 50,000 fans Thursday, 50,000 fans Friday, 50,000 fans Saturday. Like you said, yeah, we're getting there. It's, it's getting close, and uh, and we'll see how things shake out this summer and going into the fall. All right, Sam Gordon joins us, Las Vegas Review Journal in Cleveland for the draft. Okay, let's zero in on the Raiders. I know you're looking at uh, this there, Sam. Have you got a chance to hear from Mike Mayock, John Gruden, or anything? Because a lot of speculation on which direction the Raiders are going to go, especially with pick number 17. They'll have a lot of options, and as we know, the Raiders need a lot of help uh, on both sides of the ball. But uh, I know that John Gruden would love to have another explosive wide receiver, you know, somebody on the offensive side. But do you think the Raiders just really focus in on the defensive side? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a couple gaping holes, right? And you talk about right tackle, and then you talk about free safety. So those are kind of the two the two areas of need. And um, I, to, I credit the Raiders; they knew that the defense wasn't very good last year. And, and I, I say that that's a under, it's a mild understatement. Um, it was one of the worst units in the NFL. And, and they addressed that. They shored that up. They go out and get a premium pass rusher and unique Nagakwe and add a number of defensive linemen to, to kind of bolster that, that defensive front. And as you know, TC, you have a pass rush. You're able to get after the passer. That changes the entire complexion of their defense. That said, that, that defense, you don't just want one playmaker. You want as many as you can have. I mean, look at the way the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. They got five, six, seven, eight guys out there that can fly around and make plays. So with that in mind, if there's the right defensive player there, if like a Michael Parsons falls, uh, or even a Patrick Sertain at cornerback, even though the Raiders have young corners, you would think the Raiders would have to consider that. Um, there's also, you know, the D at right tackle. Is Christian Verisaw going to fall out of Virginia Tech? Maybe Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State. Elijah Vera Tucker, who, 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 you know, is projected to be a tackle but can also play some guard. And, uh, and, and they're going to have holes in guard after the 2021 season. So there's a number of options. I, I think one thing we know about John Gruden and Mike Mayock uh, since they've been together and since Gruden got back in 2018, is if, if we know anything about those guys, they're unpredictable, right? Uh, Cleveland Farrell in the top five w- was, was kind of a surprise. I don't know if anybody thought Henry Ruggs was going to be the first player off the first wide receiver off the board last year in that super deep receiver class. So you got to be ready for anything. So, but, but, but I expect the Raiders to give their, their, their two positions of need a long look and long, long sense of consideration. Uh, but if there's a player, like you said, especially a defensive player, that, that they have high on their board that might fall. And that's certainly a possibility because you know how things, these things go. They never play out like the mock draft uh, experts think they're going to. They never play out how the analysts think they're going to. Something crazy always happens. Who knows who can fall? 
And if they have an opportunity to add a big-time linebacker uh, like Micah Parsons, who uh, was an All-American as a sophomore at Penn State, can rush the passer, can cover, can, can run sideline to sideline, big, strong, fast, prototypical modern linebacker, I don't think you pass that up. Because like you said, even though um, you've addressed this defense and you've addressed some of the needs, you still need playmakers on that D, and he certainly fits that mold. Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal back and join with us there, Sam. I didn't know if you just uh, you know, dropped out there because you decided to uh, go kick some field goals over the stadium or what the deal was. You then. trying to take Cody Parkey's job away from him? Are, yeah. you, are you trying off for Cody? Is that why they're really kicking field goals there? No, 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 I'm actually trying. Uh, go check my Twitter, fellas. I'm actually, I'm actually gunning for Baker Mayfield's job. I, I had the chance to get down on the field and, and throw a couple passes out there myself, and it felt good. That, you know, I, I, played, I was a quarterback. Yep. Once upon a time, I hadn't thrown a football in about 10 years. so But it did feel good to go out there and get my Baker Mayfield on, throw a couple passes at First Energy Stadium. But uh, where did you guys where – did, where did you guys – where did we drop off? So you're talking about the quarterbacks. And what I was going to say is it is just amazing that all the people that we have talked to, you know, the former players, draft experts, major networks that, that, that we've had on here – Everybody has a different view and a different opinion when you look at these top five or six quarterbacks. And everyone is saying the same thing. Like, you, okay, Trevor Lawrence, there's no doubt about it. But, yeah, there are people that really uh, like Zach Wilson, and the Jets seem that they are locked into this. Seems like the draft is really going to begin at number three with San Francisco. And Kyle Shanahan isn't tipping his hand whatsoever. And you probably saw the clip from the press conference or saw the press conference there, Sam, where you know, a reporter asked him about if is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be on the roster, you know, come Sunday. And he had this ridiculous, you know, uh, comeback talking about, well, I don't know if anyone is going to be alive in the world. I mean, world could end. Yeah. It could end. So I don't know who's going to be on our, if Jimmy G or who's going to be on our roster Sunday. So, so crazy. Uh, yeah. Let's hear it again. Kyle Shanahan, when asked about, uh, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be on the roster Sunday? Um, I can't guarantee that anybody in the world will be alive Sunday. So I can't guarantee who will be on our roster on Sunday. Um, so that goes for all of us. Uh, 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 crazy. But then again, okay, what is San Francisco going to do? Because like I said, everybody has a different opinion. We've heard Trey Lance. We've heard Mac Jones. You know, we, we've heard Justin Fields. And there is not a consensus. And San Francisco is just sitting on this thing. And why do you think? They are so tight-lipped here where, I mean, we know what Jacksonville is going to do. The Jets came out and said, okay, this is going to be our guy. But San Francisco being quiet. Yeah, I, I think I, that's, that's like you said, that's kind of where the draft starts. And um, in my opinion, you know, there's been a lot of smoke about Mac Jones. And is it a smoke screen? Is it not a smoke screen? I'm not sure. But just my read, just on the outside looking in, Matt Jones feels to me like a Jimmy Garoppolo. And if you don't think you could win with Jimmy Garoppolo, why would you go after the same kind of quarterback, you know, conventional pocket passer who, who's gonna, who can make all the throws, who's going to make plays for you, but doesn't necessarily have game-breaking dynamic ability, uh, doesn't necessarily do anything that breaks the mold. I think if you want to move on from Jimmy G, why not go Justin Fields if he's there and, t- and take a flyer on a guy that, uh, was is a dual-threat quarterback that can make plays with his legs, that can move all over the field, that can improvise. Oh, and he can still do all those same things. He's a killer in the pocket, too, as he demonstrated at Ohio State. So, again, I think I, I personally like Justin Fields' number two in this class and basically almost number one. I think him and Trevor Lawrence are right there um, based on what I watched and what I saw the past couple of years from him. But if he's there at number three and, and, and the Niners don't pass on – and the Niners do pass on him – I think that's going to be a huge mistake. And, and I think, um, 
you know, maybe they maybe they trade Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe not. There was a point in time where they said that they were committed to him as their starting quarterback in 2021. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan has changed his tune. But if you don't feel like Justin Fields is ready, and I don't see why he wouldn't be, but what I'm saying is they won games with Jimmy Garoppolo. They were just in the Super Bowl with him two years ago. I think he's a good quarterback. Um, he's not elite. He's not amazing, but he can win you games. And if you want to develop whoever you take at number three for a year, have him sit back, learn, and figure things out at the NFL level, you're in a position to do that. So, uh, if, if they like again, I don't, I don't mean to beat the horse to death, but like Justin Fields has to be the guy there if he's there because of what he can do, because of what he did at Ohio State, and because of his potential and upside to, to have that break, game-breaking ability uh, at the next level. With the fact that San Fran is being so non-committal and not tipping their hand whatsoever, do you think it could be a ploy to try to get the phone to ring? Maybe somebody that does want Justin Fields really bad or Mac Jones or whoever, maybe they call and they try to move up in the draft to get somebody that they think might be gone if they don't move up, kind of like the Bears did a few years ago with Trubisky? Uh, I would be a little surprised if that happens, just given that the Niners you know, did have a lower pick and traded up to get there. But I will tell you, depending on the, how this QB thing shakes out, Watch Atlanta, right? See what Atlanta does. If Justin Fields falls past three, if they do take Mac Jones, I bet Atlanta's phone is going to be ringing off the hook. And they could obviously sit back and just take Justin Fields themselves and have their successor to Matt Ryan ready, waiting in the wings. Let's not forget, Justin Fields is from the Atlanta area. He was originally committed to the University of Georgia as the highest-rated recruit in the history of that program, certainly the highest-rated quarterback recruit. So that's where I think things can get really, really interesting depending on who the Niners take at three. Uh, if, if Atlanta doesn't take a quarterback at four, I'd expect them to take Kyle Pitts, who by all accounts is the surest thing in the NFL draft from a skill position perspective, right? Like, I think, you know, PC and gentlemen, we talk about kind of, you know, things are positionless, right? You look at the NBA, you look at the WNBA, you have positionless players. You have players that just play basketball, and they do a bunch of different things, and they do them all really well, and they do them from unique sizes or unique uh, spots on the floor. I think Kyle Pitts is just like a position. He's just a football player that's like 6'5", 250, and that can run and jump and catch and make guys miss. Like, he's being called a tight end, but that's only because we're married to this idea of positions. He, he, he feels to me like the next game-breaking player where you can line him up anywhere on the field, line him up in the backfield, line him up at the tight end spot, line him up at wide receiver, line him up at slot, and just throw him the ball, and he's going to make things happen. So uh, if, they, if they choose to stand pat, stand pat with Matt Ryan and they don't want to get the ball rolling with Justin Fields, or whatever quarterback is there, um, pitches the guy. But but there are you know there's always trades. There's always some kind of trade we don't expect. Somebody always makes a move. There's always whoa, what is this? Like that that happens year in and year out. And I expect the same um, this weekend in the NFL draft. Certainly in that first round. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if uh, if anybody drops and who it does. And we have a little Aaron Rodgers type of uh, you know drama controversy there. We'll see if that happens. Like I said, the trades always make for an uh, interesting draft. But the draft is always more interesting when you have quarterbacks. And you have a lot of quarterbacks here. I don't think it's going to rival 1983. We're going to have six of them in the first round. But you very easily could have four or maybe five. And I don't think that this quarterback class can rival that class just in pure talent. But, again, the draft is always more interesting you know, when uh, it's quarterback relevant. And we definitely have that. Uh, I'll tell you what's, uh, what's probably relevant for us, though, Sam. We need to know uh, if you take Heidi Fang out there to the field, okay, <laughs> Uh, do you have a better shot at beating her in field goal competition or cornhole? Oh, geez, I think she would. I think she would. Uh, I think she'd take care of me in both. I think she'd put me in both of those. <laughs> I, I, there was nothing. There was nothing. Heidi, 
there is nothing she cannot do. She for us, I mean, she can, she comes out here, she podcasts, she produces videos, she's in front of the camera, she writes, she, she shoots stills. She's she's been the MVP, and I'm I, I'm happy to have her out here with me, leading the way as we uh, as we get our coverage going uh, of the NFL draft. So, but yeah, cornhole, field goal kicking, uh, accurate throwing the ball, whatever. She takes the cake, no questions asked. So she'd not only beat you, she would also videotape it and then post it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> She, <laughs> she probably yes, and, and edit it and make sure it looks good too. You, what I think is most interesting about that is, I mean, Sam wants to challenge me on the basketball court and then get and in the, the pickleball court and, and everything else. In the pickleball court, but with Heidi, no, he's he's saying no. She's advantage Heidi. Heidi a minus two twenty favorite there on the cornhole uh, pitch or whatever you call it, or uh, you know they're kicking field goals. There it is. I don't know. I'll, I'll still challenge. I'll still challenge her. I'm just a lot less confident against her than I am against UTC. Wow! Wow! <laughs> that says it all. The gauntlet hey. has been thrown hey. down. I'm taking both you guys on in either a hot dog eating contest or, or some chicken wings or something like that or tacos in, in Cleveland, as no, you know, the, Sam. Great food there in Cleveland. No, I've, I've been eating good, TC. It's, it's cool to it's cool to experience a new city. That's one of the yeah. as you as you know. That's one of the cool things about going to different cities. Is tasting and experiencing their food, and I've had, I've had some really good meals out here so far. So it's been a really fun trip, and uh, and, and the best part is, is still to come with with the draft this weekend. You got your- I, I was actually shocked that you didn't ask him what it, what his go to meal was when him and his dad went to the playoff game years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just did. There you go. <laughs> you you got to have a go to spot there, Sam, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Mia Bella's it's, uh, in Little Italy. Uh, we went oh. back. We went back last night. Yeah, we went back last night. He actually came out here, so he's out here. Um, he drove out here because he knew I was going to be here. So he's hanging out with his friends, and I'm hanging out with him. You know, when I have the time, when I'm not working, we we were able to grab dinner last night. He had the ribeye. Uh, I had the chicken linguine. It was tremendous. Beautiful, beautiful afternoon in Cleveland. And uh, yeah, man, just grateful to be here and and, and super excited for this weekend. So well, you're you're lucky. We'll see what happens. You're lucky, Sam, that uh, I'm letting you off the hook here and not uh, asking you to bring me back like a, a shirt or anything. Because usually, you know, universities that that that's my thing, and you like it as well too. I really don't have the need for a Cleveland State Viking uh, T-shirt. So I guess you're off the hook. You know, I, I got an Ohio State one and. You know, University of Cincinnati, not that crazy about that. So, uh, yeah, I guess no Cleveland State for me. You don't like the Bearcats? Uh, Bearcats are okay. But, again, you know, he's he's in Cleveland. That's Cincinnati. That's far away. You know, Columbus a little bit closer. You're just in a good mood because the Dodger dog is a thing of the past. Oh, that you got that right. Yeah, no more <laughs> Dodger dog. You heard about that, didn't you, Sam? No more Dodger dog. It's gone. It had a heck of a run. Yeah. It had a heck of a run. All right, brother. We'll let you go have some dinner there uh, over there uh, on the East Coast. So uh, enjoy, my friend. Enjoy. Midwest, East Coast, uh, whatever it is. Appreciate you guys having me on, fellas, and enjoy the draft, and uh, have a fun weekend. You got it, brother. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Some people say I gave you a heck of the runs, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Gordon in Cleveland covering the draft, and it all gets underway tomorrow night. Look forward to that. All right, we come back. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little Dodger dog, and we'll talk VGK Colorado coming up next. Hey, everyone. This is Carnell, a.k.a. Golden Pipes, and I want to welcome you back to the T.C. Martin Show. Get on over to the William Hill Sportsbooks and get the mobile app. If you don't have it already, download it on your phone and then take advantage of the free $50. That's right. Use the promo code TC50 when you open a brand new account. 
$50 into your account, FRWE. They'll match it. That's right. You put down 50, they will match it with 50. There you have it. Get ready to play some Golden Knights hockey. We got playoff hockey right around the corner. You can even uh, do the NFL draft props. It's all up on the board for you at William Hill. Promo code TC50 there. $53 in your account when you open a new one. William Hill, go to the any William Hill property in town, any of the kiosks, all there for you. All right. So, yeah, you uh, you mentioned it, and I saw the story yesterday where the Dodgers and Farmer John have split no more Dodger dogs. Yeah, and, I, I saw it when I saw yeah. you post it on social media. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the deal. Here's how this thing happened. So uh, people love the Dodger dogs, okay? I mean, obviously I am not one because I am a self-professed hot dog connoisseur. And I was never a Farmer John fan at all. And I thought they were probably some of the worst, if not the worst, hot dog at any ballpark I go. Because, as you know, food is a big thing for me. So when I go to a, a ballpark, the first thing I do is find out what kind of dogs they have, dive into those dogs. And even if it's not one of those major brands, I might be a little leery, but, but I'll at least You'll give, give it, it a shot. shot. You'll give yeah, it a just shot. because I say, hey, I, I'm in this stadium, may not be here again, and, and, and try it. So, you know, everyone talked about the Dodger dog way back when. And, of course, like when you're a kid, you, you don't know the difference between good quality hot dogs and not, you know. You don't know if it's all beef, half chicken, half pork, this, that, blah, blah, blah. You, you, you have no idea. So I'm a 100% all beef guy, and the hot dog as I've said before, it gets a really bad rap. People think that it's like garbage, but you can get a good quality 100% all-beef hot dog like the Vienna Chicago dog. I mean, I'm all, I'm all in for that. Vienna Hebrew, dog, to me, is the best. It is. There's no question. It's the gold medal. It's the Cadillac, no doubt. And you know, for me, my medal stand goes Vienna, probably Nathan's, Hebrew National, uh, Miller's, which is a local product where the Oakland A's have that. That is a very good hot dog, too. And after that, then you they drop. But but far- Vienna's best in the dog show. Absolutely correct. <laughs> there, best in show. Very nice, my friend. Um, yeah. So and they have that, of course, at Wrigley Field. So and you go to Yankee Stadium or Shea, or not Shea Stadium anymore, but you know City Field. All that stuff. Yeah, they'll have Nathan's. They'll have some Hebrew Nationals. It depends on where you go. But yeah, Farmer John, based in L.A., their plant is like right down the street from Dodger Stadium. They have been the official hot dog at Dodger Stadium for 48 years, actually since 1972, and uh, people came accustomed to it. Well, this wasn't the Dodgers' decision. It was Farmer John's decision to break up with the Dodgers, so to speak, here, and don't know what it was over, what it, it was over you know, money or the way they were handling the dogs, promoting it, or maybe they... Who knows? Maybe Seems like person- they're really trying to get more into their restaurants and that and their burgers and everything else. And maybe it's yeah. the Farmer John. They're, they're kind of rebranding themselves, it seems like, from all their commercials and everything. That Like, you never see the commercial for a dog. You know, you see the commercial for the chicken sandwich or the or the the the, the hamburger or this, that, mm-hmm. or the other, you know. And then it's always, oh, it's like, I sure do miss my, you know, cannonball, uh, human cannonball <laughs> or the tattoo artist or this or that. <laughs> right. but, but but I've never seen a commercial that advertises a Dodger dog at Farmer John's restaurants in that. Well, the well, you would see 
The, it might be on the, the menu. Com- yeah, well, I mean, you would see the commercials all the time because remember, Vin Scully for years was the voice and the face of you know Farmer John's, your official. No, no, but, but, dog but I mean and, now, I mean the yeah, commercials now that but, I see all the time, and and again, know. now now I'm assuming Farmer John's is still it's the same Farmer John's, or maybe it's. Maybe they're not even related, but it sure seems like it would be. I don't, I, I don't know. Farm, Farmer John's has been making dog again, 48 years. When you are embedded with an iconic franchise like the Dodgers, 48 years, you just wonder what happened here. Even you the know? Twinkie had its run. Yeah. <laughs> that was a long run as well, too. But I'm saying good riddance. This is actually a good thing because the Dodger dog was not very good. But here's... The other part of the story, the Dodgers are not saying what they're going with or who they're going with. They said, we are now going to have a mystery meet. That doesn't sound very good. What, the spam dog. What could, that's what that tells me. <laughs> are we going to go, are we going to do the avant-garde thing now? And we're going to go, you know, with the meatless dog. Are we going with the natural oh, the dog? the impossible the dog. Impossible. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking, right? I mean... Are are we going this direction? You the dogless ha- dog. I mean, come on. I mean, there's crazy? a lot a lot of history there. Dodger Stadium, the Dodger dog. Even though your dog, you know, wasn't that good, it wasn't all 100 uh, percent all beef. I mean, you it got- was iconic with the venue and everything right. else, and they certainly you know they really, marketed it. That are way. we going to go into this health factor and go this impossible dog? Is that what do they mean? Who would say this? Who comes out and says we're going with a mystery meat? Who says that? What does that mean? Maybe they're going to put on the Philly cheesesteak that you got them to make years ah, ago. Ah, <laughs> now you're talking. And again, when I would go back, that's what I would get. Even though it wasn't even on the menu. I was like, hey. Maybe guys. they're putting it on the menu now. Uh, yeah, I now, now they're going to have a couple Dodger dogs in the back for people that want something not on the menu. So the last time I, I went to Dodger Stadium was a couple summers ago. And uh, I did the rounds. I said, no, of course I'm not going to, to do the Dodger dog. Of course not. But... They have some great places out in the outfield pavilion there, and they had some very good barbecue with the King's Hawaiian buns and uh, some great barbecue. So I just I just went exclusively barbecue last trip. And if I go back again, I'm going to do that as well too. And that's the good thing about ballparks now. Just about everybody kind of has a barbecue stand out there. It started way back when, you know, at uh, – at Memorial Stadium in Baltimore and Camden Yards and Boog Powell had his place. Then San Francisco with the Giants, they did their Orlando Cepeda barbecue. Yeah. And, and, and they would yeah. also have the sushi and different things like yes. they do in Seattle. And that's what, yes. And I do like places that give you variety. Yes. But every one of those places should make sure that you can have full access going around the stadium. Right. Because it's, it's, it's not right if you get a ticket someplace and you can't get to a certain place that you want to try out. No, I don't know if there's any places right. like that or not. I haven't been to a lot of baseball stadiums. I think recently. pretty much now. I mean, Mo- if most of them the, have that availability. If it's on the concourse, you can walk around. Even okay. like if you. But I know, like at Wrigley Field, you still can. Pro- I mean, the bleachers are the bleachers. Exactly. They're not I, part of the rest. Of I it. think that's one of the few places. I'll uh, use Nats Park for example. Great restaurants down the right field line and over there uh, in the bleachers, just like Dodger Stadium, and you can walk through. So I think they've kind of opened that up. And some of them even have like five star restaurants involved oh. in the oh, yeah. you know right field area. Or they, here, there, or whatever. They do. So they do. Yeah, which is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's go to let's go to the ball game and spend a couple hundred bucks on a dinner. You know where I first noticed that at, and it's funny you bring that up, is Yankee Stadium. Well, that makes sense. I yeah. mean, the, the the tickets are so much anyhow. Why, you know? Oh yeah, they you're got, already dropping a lot of money to go in there. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, New York steak they call it, uh, and it's like, oh yeah, very pricey. 
and it's like I think down the right field line, and it's like oh yeah, reservations needed, fancy dancy. They got the the TVs in there, but it's like it, it seems weird that you're going to a fine dining restaurant there in Yankee Stadium, and you're going to pay $70, $80 for a steak. Is it weirder going to a fine dining establishment there or at a gentleman's club? <laughs> because a lot of gentlemen's clubs, I haven't, really? been, I haven't really? been to one I don't either know about place. That. Well, I, I know there's a club right out here in Vegas that, that you know, they have steak and lobster and stuff like that in the club. Shockingly enough, I don't make the rounds to the gentleman's club. Well, I've done a lot of advertising and did a lot of football remotes and stuff like that at a lot of these places. Me too. A lot of them have the lunch buffets yeah. or this or that, I remember but, but we, some of them I have fine that. dining. Wow, that's news to me. All right, there you go. All right, so you're really going for the food, huh? Uh, some people, they say, uh, 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 I'll, I'll name the club because it's not like, you know, it's yeah. uh, the Treasures used to have. Okay. They, they used to advertise that they had a five-star restaurant in there, and the chef would come out and introduce himself and that sort of stuff. It's actually some pretty good marketing, you know, to go and do that. So there you go. All right, yeah, the Dodger dog, uh, no more. Good rinse. It'll be interesting to see what. Uh, and I do like going to Dodger Stadium, even though it's an older stadium. It, you know, I just kind of like not the most comfortable. Like built but... right in the side of the hill and everything in Chavez Ravine, like beautiful. E- even you know, re- it doesn't matter what level you're on, you still walk straight in from the parking lot. Correct. I always thought that was very cool. Yes. Yes. I think the first time I went there was actually '84 in the '84 uh, Olympics to check out. Uh, the USA yeah. baseball team. Yeah. They played Italy. Yeah. Oda B. McDowell hit a home run on a leadoff pitch for the United States. They had to crush Italy. Had to be a 10 run roll. Oh, it, I think it was like 17 to nothing yeah, in right. the fourth or fifth right. or something. Right. Yeah. I think I told you one of the times I went to Dodger Stadium, I went to go pick up my tickets there. And like you said, the parking lot right there. Uh, and uh, this guy is, is taking forever to pick up his tickets. And I was like, you know, come on, man. And this guy was dressed horribly. He had this Hawaiian shirt on, had these, these, these shorts, dirty tennis shoes. And uh, so he turns around, gets his tickets. I wanted to say something to him. He turns around and, hey, how you doing, John Lovitz? Because <laughs> John Lovitz. I go, you look like a slob, but what the hell took you so long? And, and, Next. And, and, you know, and, and it's funny, too, because I knew somebody years ago, uh, a, a local act in town that used to perform at the, the Hilton before it was yeah. the Westgate. Right. And they ran into Prince and some of his entourage mm-hmm. ones. They didn't see Prince there, but the girls there were kind of like giving the cold soda to one of the guys, and it was actually the keyboard player for Prince. And he liked their band in that, but because they completely ignored him, he was basically like, Get the hell out of here. And they're like, but you're dressed like you are. And he goes, yes, because I can, because I'm with Prince. So sometimes, you know, that's the old don't judge a book by its cover sometimes. You've got a pretty good memory. Uh, Nemchuk just looked up the box score of the, the Olympic game you're at in 1984. Do you know how many uh, uh, runs the United States got in the first inning? I know they had a lot. Nine. They like, got nine. Like final I say, score. Oda B. McDowell had a leadoff home run. I remember that. 16 to one, final score. See, and I said 17. <laughs> So I, I, I knew it you was got right the total. around there. You got the you know? total around the mic. I, I knew it was Ring right it around up. there. There it is. No, well, we, we moved, because it was also cool because we, we went there for the baseball, and then, you know, you didn't pay for parking because the Dodgers right. uh, organization said, no, you're not charging for parking in my ballpark. Yeah. So if they, have, if they bought a ticket mm-hmm. to the game, they can come in. This is why they call him Ballpark Frank. It's funny. We were both at those Olympic Games not even knowing each other, and uh, I went to the L.A. Memorial Coliseum for, for the soccer uh, seeing Germany and Brazil. I went to the Rose Bowl and, to see soccer and, there. And you went Rose? Yes, yeah, I saw the LA yeah. uh, Coliseum. Be- because then, we parked yeah. on the golf course there at the Rose there Bowl. Go. There you go. Good stuff. Saw saw fencing, saw volleyball, saw lacrosse at East LA mm-hmm. College. Yeah, okay. 
Or no, I'm I'm sorry, field hockey. It wasn't field, lacrosse. Okay. It was field hockey. Did you have any problem with your fencing back then? Um, I I, I did not have a saber <laughs> to fence with, but uh, I, we found it interesting. Saw track and field one day because I can tell you that at the LA Coliseum there's 101 rows because we were in row 101 on the very corner. But saw Carl Lewis uh, long jump. Uh, saw Joan Benoit get her gold medal that day. Saw Edwin Moses running one of the preliminary runs for the four by for the, the 400 meter hurdles. Yeah, good stuff. You know. All right, Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche tonight battle for first place in top seed. Uh, still eight games to go. But Golden Knights have won nine straight against the likes of Arizona, the Kings, the Ducks, and the Sharks. Combined 97 losses. And we look at Colorado, we always say, man, this is this is a matchup. Can the Golden Knights beat Colorado in the playoffs? They've met six times, as we know. 3-3. Three, three. Four of the six games, one goal games. And we anticipate another good game tonight. However... Colorado on the downside. They got stopped what for nearly two weeks with COVID. Still have some injuries. They've lost two in a row. And, and they still have guys out with COVID. Yeah. Drew Bauer, their goalie that's been sensational for him this this year, expected to maybe return Friday, so he won't be in net. So Devin Dubnik, who's been a decent goalie in the past, has not been good this season. I think you said uh, I, I, he's like 5-10 and ten or five something. And ten, yeah. Lost both games to St. Louis recently, games that they much needed to win. I mean, if they would have won both those games, this game tonight would be even more interesting. If Vegas wins this tonight and they take a six-point lead in the division – and they'll only be like, what, seven games left after that? Mm-hmm. I know they play each other one more time, but that puts them really set up nicely to win the division, and I think they probably will hold on. If Colorado finds a way to win tonight, could get interesting. I think Fleury's going to be ready for the game. Uh, Fleury seems to play against Colorado all the time, just the way the rotation and everything works. And remember, he did play the two back-to-back games against Colorado when they had the one outside game in uh it, up in Tahoe, like we had talked about earlier in the show as well. And Rantanen and Donskoy still out, too. So, you know, it's definitely a Colorado team kind of limping in there. I know Vegas still has a couple injuries as well. But if you're going to have guys out, usually better to have guys on your bottom six than your top six. All right. What do you expect tonight? Who wins the game? I think Vegas will find a way to win it. I think Fleury's going to come out. I think Vegas is going to throw a lot of pucks at Dubnik, try to get to him early. I think he might be up to it, but uh, once he gives up a goal or something like that, I think his confidence might go a little bit because he's not playing with a lot of it. Doesn't mean that they definitely win. There will be some fans in the stand, obviously. So, uh, you know, and I think Vegas wants to prove that everybody's ripping them for their nine-game winning streak. Oh, because of who they played? If they beat Colorado, they can't say that anymore. Right. And Marc-Andre Fleury will be between the pipes uh, tonight. And if we look at the schedule, like you mentioned earlier, said, you know, Robin Leonard really hasn't, hasn't faced uh, the Avalanche. May 10th, the next time they play, if we do look at the schedule. The rotation. The rotation. It's Robin Leonard's turn that night. And, and that and that's what I wasn't sure about earlier. Yeah. So yeah. It, it'll be curious to see how the. And again, that's assuming everybody stays healthy and this, that, and the other. So, and again, I know I want both teams healthy in the playoffs. I know uh, earlier today we were talking about this stuff, and somebody had called on, on Brian Blessing's show and mentioned the fact that uh, I, he was hoping that Arizona was going to get that fourth spot because that'd be an easier mark for Vegas right. in the first round. I never liked that type of thinking. I want to I'm a hockey fan. I'm not a Golden Knights fan necessarily. I'm a hockey fan. I want to see the best teams and the best players go at it. Vegas St. Louis is a better matchup than Vegas Arizona. And that's why I want Vegas and Colorado both to win their first round matches. Mm-hmm. I think it would be almost criminal or a cheat to the hockey fans out there if we don't see them 
face off against each other in the playoffs mm-hmm. to see who goes on to the Final Four. 6.30 tonight is a face-off at T-Mobile Arena. All right. Some news. Uh, you know, the NHL has a new TV deal. Yes. Uh, yep. They ended their deal with NBC after 16 years. And, that again, we're traditionalists. We've kind of been used to watching hockey on NBC. Uh, Turner now is in the game. They will air hockey. They agreed to a seven-year deal. They will air the Winter Classic and three Stanley Cup finals over a seven-year period. Turner will air 72 regular season games uh, I think most of these are going to be on TNT. Uh, ESPN uh, will air most of the game. So it's a it's a two-combo package, ESPN being the main provider, and then uh, Turner coming in as the number two uh, broadcast partner here. ESPN will be the primary rights holder starting next year. Uh, think about this. Turner now has the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NHL. Trying to make a, a serious run here. But when you, the Stanley Cup Finals will be on ABC and TNT. So ESPN won't actually get it, but, of course, being ABC, the parent company there. So they'll get the Stanley Cup. But uh, how do you feel about no NBC, no Doc Emmerich? We know he retired and everything, but uh, you know, new announcers, all that stuff. It, it doesn't bother me because I don't watch hockey for the announcers. I watch it to, to see the games, and I'm assuming that uh, they'll, they'll get some decent announcing crews in there, and even if they don't, I can still follow the game anyhow. If it means that there's going to be more hockey games available to watch, I'm all for it. I also did hear some people from the NHL saying this won't be the end of it. They're also working deals with HBO and HBO Max and other things. Don't be surprised if they're on an ESPN Plus or something so a bigger package. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, if, if I don't have to pay for a hockey package or something at the end, but I get more hockey out of it, I'm all for it. It's the way of the future. Everybody's going all over the place. So, you know. All right. I want to thank Steve Berline for joining us today, talking NFL draft, and Sam Gordon as well, who live in Cleveland. Appreciate both those guys talking draft. Tomorrow we dive big time more into the draft as well, too. Uh, Houston Nutt will join us. Uh, Chuck Esposito, Sunset Station. We'll get uh, his thoughts. Scott Spritzer as well, too. Uh, and, and more guests uh, coming your way uh, tomorrow. Ballpark, Frank, day off tomorrow. Giving you a day off. You get a rest day. I got to take care of a couple things. Is so, it lower you know, body or upper body? Um, it's um, I guess it would be upper body because it's a strain and a mental headache. Yeah, it's, but, it's, it's, but, you know, it's all good. Hopefully. All right. <laughs> Cosmopolitan on Friday. Come on and uh, see the show live. We'll be talking a lot of Kentucky Derby on Friday as well, too. And uh, uh, Dr. Christina Madison will join us. And Dierica Hamby, uh, the winner of the sixth player of the year of the WNBA, the Las Vegas Aces superstar, she is going to join us as well, too. So we'll look forward to all that. All right. And better food at the Cosmo than a Dodger dog. No question about it. Miss any part of the show, you know where to go. TCMartinShow.com.